You're listening to Charleston's retirement coach, Brandon Bowen. Brandon, would you consider yourself a history buff? No. And if I asked you about some sports knowledge or something yes. like that, you'd be all over it. Yeah, I would say sports. Of course, Clemson football, college mm-hmm. football in general, uh, golf. Not that I can actually perform it out on the golf course, <laughs> but, you know, I might know how to talk about it. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> that okay. kind of stuff, yeah. One thing you do know when it comes to history is some financial history, no doubt about it. Mm. I mean, being an advisor yourself and teaching the retirement classes you teach around the low country, we see you on TV talking about retirement and having this radio show. Certainly you're in tune with that. And the third week of September in 2008 was an especially ugly one for investors with Lehman Brothers filing for federal bankruptcy protection and Merrill Lynch being forced to sell itself to Bank of America. ABC News, if you flash back in time 11 years ago, they summed it up like this. This was the day we were afraid to wake up to, the bankruptcy of one major Wall Street investment bank, the shotgun wedding of another. Some called it the end of an era, others a day of reckoning. Lehman Brothers, which was trading at $60 a share just a year ago, finished this Monday as a penny stock worth just 21 cents a share. Terrifying to hear that news report from over 11 years ago, about 2008. But Brandon, yet here we are, 11 years later, doing pretty darn well. Yeah, so history, we've got to learn from it. I mean, if that's the one thing that you hear about, even politically and with wars, and we've got to learn from our past or Mm -hmm. we're going to just keep repeating it. You know, in 2008, once you point it out and look at it from a 30,000 foot view, yes, we know that the S&P went down 51% from peak to Valley, late 07, all the way down to March 9th of 09. But the first half of that crash, it didn't go down that fast. Mm -hmm. When you look at the chart, it was actually some declines. You know, it came down a little bit, 10% back up, down 15. Still volatile and bumpy, but then that second half is when just the avalanche began. Right. And just went down and down and down. And, And yeah, and so when you think back to that time, just our emotions, you know, luckily, most likely you listening, maybe you weren't, as close to retirement at that point. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was terrible. And, but you said, Hey, I got 10 more years. I hope we can make it back. And right. you just kept your head down and you were just doing what you're supposed to do. So that's the good thing. I think about those people. I was one of them in 2008 after everything happened, working in radio, I was laid off. I mean, with all these financial oh. institutions and trouble and it affected every industry out there. But I think about people who were near retirement at that age, oh, God. getting laid off and then possibly having their retirement hit so hard. That had to be detrimental. Kristen, I've got some clients actually that that they've told me this story, how they walked through that. So they lived up in the upstate mm-hmm. and worked up there, worked long, long time, 35, uh, I think, years. And so then they decided to retire and move down here to Charleston, to the low country. Okay. Very, very smart people, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so they moved down here and he retired in kind of mid-07 and his advisor at the time said, hey, you know, they put a plan together. They said, well, you don't even need to look at your statements. Don't worry about it. So they moved down here bought a house, bought a boat. They were just living retirement. He had right out about 800,000 at that time. And so the market started going down. And so they saw that they heard the news, but they said, Hey, our advisor back up in the upstate said, don't open your statement. Don't worry about it. So they didn't for a while, right? Okay. Through most of that crash. I mean, your advisor's telling you that you think that, okay, he or she's mm-hmm. giving me good advice. I'll follow it. Yeah. Yeah. And so they didn't open it. Well, about that time of the audio here, when it was just getting brutal out there, late 08, they said, honey, 
we have got to open the statement. I yeah. mean, the suspense was killing them, so they opened it. Remember, they were at 800000 They were now down to 500000 Eek. That was their first year of retirement. That's terrifying. Those poor people. They had visions and all these plans and dreams of what we were going to do and just maybe pull out the gains every year. I hear that all the time, right? I'm just going to pull out my gains of 6%. I'm averaging 6%. That's what I'm going to live on, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So they, they just planned on that, and the, but they didn't factor in the sequence of return and the possibility of a crash or a, a big pullback at just the wrong time. And so that's when, of course, you know, once they came over to us and we, we had to make some changes, mm-hmm. you know, we had to look at, okay, what are some things we can do? Now, luckily, the markets have come back. And yes, we are at all-time highs. But again, we can't let our emotions dictate what we do, right? When, when mm-hmm. things are high right now, we just think they're, they're great and we don't worry about it. And we don't make any adjustments and we don't sell anything when we're high like we're supposed to, right? We just uh, we don't worry about it. But when we have these quick pullbacks and these downturns, now we're, we're past due for the next crash. But inevitably, Kristen, I know as soon as we go into another downturn, people are going to start panicking. Yep. It happens every little correction, even. People start getting very concerned when they watch the ticker and they see the market go down in an afternoon, even though it's back up the next day. The emotions are still there. So, yes, the emotion is definitely going to be there when something major occurs. Yeah. And so what you've got to do, a way to really try to remedy this is you've got to start isolating portions of your money, portions of your savings. So what we like to do is think of a bucket approach, a bucket mentality. And the first bucket I want you to think about is money that you want to drop here into this bucket for income. Okay. Right. And so this money that's going to generate consistent, steady income for you, as you might imagine, we cannot have that massively exposed and at risk. Because we need that for income to pay ourselves on retirement. That's right. That money's got to stay there. That income's got to stay there, right? When you were working, Kristen, you and I, we're still working. Right. We're not worried about our paycheck here that's going to come in at the end of the month, mm-hmm. are we? I mean, assuming we stay healthy and we can still work. I mean, we And I do a have, good job and they don't fire me. Yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got confidence in the company I'm working for that they're yes. actually going to deposit money into my account mm-hmm. at the end of this month. Well, in retirement it's a bit of a do it yourself. You've got to take the money you've grown, the 401ks and the IRAs and everything, all these tax deferred dollars, and you've got to set up your own paycheck that is hmm. never going to stop or, you know, have, have a high probability not to stop. And so this is where, you know, I ask you when you come into the office, Hey, how do you like bonds? How do you like annuities? Right? I mean, we can look at anything you might want out there and we're going to find what you're most comfortable with, but we've got to position some money into this first bucket for consistent, steady income. Right? And so that's going to give you that peace of mind. You can sleep at night. Then the the other bucket, that's what we want to try to grow. And that is going to be at risk in the market. Okay. But what we try to do here is we try to be a bit tactical and proactive and you want to just use common sense. We use things called technical and fundamental analytics. And so that's just very, pretty uh, confusing. But we're economists and people are watching these warning signs out there. And when we start to see these storm clouds building in the uh, in the market, let's get to the shallow end of the pool. OK, let's start putting some guardrails up. Let's rather be safe than sorry at this point. Brandon, this makes a lot of sense because people that are near retirement are already there. They're not as worried, it seems, about chasing big returns as they are not losing anything. That's right. I tell people that all the time is you don't need to make six or seven percent per year. I mean, that'd be great. But and I show them how if you only make about three or even four percent, if we just outpace inflation 
and make a consistent, steady return with your overall portfolio, you're going to do just fine. And you might even have more money than you even know how to spend. Hmm, Okay. Right. So you don't have to continue to invest and position your money like you did when you were trying to accumulate your wealth. Now you've built as much as you can. It's time to now say, okay, instead of pursuing growth and accumulation, let's now pursue income and preservation. Find out more at bowenfinancialgroup.com. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors.